What up, though? What up, though? Basketball fans everywhere. Yes, that means you. If you're checking out the uh, the podcast, I appreciate it. Um, you know what this is. Tate's Take, where basketball lives. Of course, remember that you can go and subscribe anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, that being iTunes, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, uh, also streaming live on Twitch as well as on YouTube including Facebook and on Periscope. So appreciate everybody that has done their part, subscribed already, told a friend, told your mama, told your baby mama, told your enemies, told everybody and everything anywhere in between that. Uh, got a good friend of mine that's going to be joining us. As you know, this is our victory for MSU segment. So hasn't been, I guess, uh, with this with this being our victory for MSU segment, there hasn't been too many victories for MSU. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you've been kind of paying attention. At least I know the people that have been blowing my phone up has been paying very close attention to what Michigan State has been doing. But nonetheless, um, I'm kind of going to go through their record a little bit and go through where they stand in the Big Ten. Uh, my buddy Rico Beard uh, from 97.1 Detroit is going to be joining us as well. And uh, kind of talking about their uh, the chances of maybe missing the NCAA tournament. Uh, is that a lock to miss? Do they even have any kind of chance to still make it within the tournament? Talk a little bit about recruiting as well as um, just all the most recent happenings and headlines around the Michigan State basketball program. So without further ado, what I want to do first is I want to make sure that I give my dude the proper introduction and bring him in here. And that would be nobody other than, yep, this man right here joining us in the locker room for episode 60, Rico Beard, host of the Valenti Show with Rico on 97.1, the ticket in Detroit. Make sure you give this dude a follow. Uh, he's got a lot of Michigan haters. I should warn you about that right now. At Rico Beard, that is at <laughs> B-E-A-R-D. Rico, what's popping, man? Good to see you. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it, man. <laughs> I got. I do have a lot of Michigan haters, but... You know what? That just means I'm doing my job. That's what somebody there once told me. If, they, if they're hating on you, you're doing the thing. Uh, appreciate you having me on your show, man. I know we've been trying to do this for a while, and now we finally got this thing popping. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm glad that we do. And I want to open it right up, man, with a lot of, you know, there's questions that people that are, are, are Spartan fans that they want to know. So let's just jump right in. Let's first start talk by talking about this consecutive streak to the NCAA tournament. 22 straight years um do they have a chance man at, at getting in this thing or is it pretty much a lock that they won't get in i just want to go through the order real quick of teams that are still remaining for a team that is 10 and 9 michigan state uh 11th place now in the big 10 uh they've got indiana on the road coming up on saturday a home game against two actually two back-to-back -back home games uh against top five teams that being the first one against uh illinois on tuesday and then at home again against uh ohio state on thursday finishing that up with on the road against maryland and then last but certainly not least the one that everybody loves to talk about the rivalry game uh a home game against the michigan wolverines uh yeah. are they are they getting in do they have a chance of getting in okay here's how i'll put it <clears throat> they have every opportunity to get in are the odds in their favor? No. But you have ranked team in Illinois, in Ohio State, in Michigan, possibly twice. 
you win those games. Those will be considered good wins. They would get you in the NCAA tournament. Right now, their best win is Rutgers, who fluctuates in and out of the top 25. So they don't have a good win. It used to be – at the beginning of the year, I would have said, it was Duke. They beat Duke <laughs> at Cameron. That means nothing right now. That's that's about as valuable as a used diaper. Nobody cares. <laughs> so for them to get it, they're going to have to run the table. Can they run the table? Man, I mean, the UConn team did it back in the day. I don't know if this team can do it because when I look at this team – I don't see guys who truly believe that they can get it done. And that's the sad reality. The confidence level is gone. You see it the way they walk, the way they sit on the bench, the way when, when, when a play breaks down, they get a turnover. It's a whole lot of, yeah, that's me. That's on me. You know, you don't see the swag that you used to see that even when Michigan state was down, they were never out the game. Man, now if they, you know, if the score is four to two, yeah, here's another game we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. They got to get their mojo back. I don't know how you do it. That's why Izzo gets paid a ton of money with him. <laughs> they got to figure it out. You want to talk about your back against the wall, man, it's back against the wall and it's pressed up against it. That You can see your belt buckle imprinted in the wall because you got pushed so far back. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to do it. It's there, but I got to be honest with you, man, if you – Betting the mortgage, I'd bet the mortgage that the streak ends this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shoulder blades and everything imprinted into that wall, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about that UConn team, that was a team that went on and won the national championship 2011, led by Kimball Walker. Five straight games in the conference tournament uh, in the Big East and then went on to win six consecutive to win the national championship, totaling for 11 straight. I'm not. I'm, I'm I, obviously that's something that is uh seems very unrealistic for Michigan State. I don't know who knows. They have their chance. That's the thing about I feel like about this Michigan State team is that one thing that they have going for them, or one thing that they can say that a lot of teams won't be able to say. They've had their chances. They've yeah. had more than enough chances to be able to come up out of this thing and dig themselves out. Uh, what do you think is the big the biggest determining factor behind why, like you mentioned, um, you know that. You've got a lot of guys that have kind of, you know, there's a confidence issue or it just seems like the score can be four to two. And it's like, yeah, this is going to result in adding a number to the right side of the result column again. Why is this Michigan State team look so different this particular year versus some of the any of the other years? Because I feel very bad for one guy in particular, and that's Joshua Langford coming back for all of this. I, I mean, Deshaun, this is a perfect storm. It, there. There's not one reason. There's so many things. As a matter of fact, I mean, just, just looking at the background of, of, of this interview, you see the crowd. Crowd ain't there. Yeah, so yeah. That's something that they used to feed off of. And I do think that it's the crowd and home court is meaningful because when you look at Dukes and Kentuckys and Carolinas and the Michigan State and the Kansases, man, losing games that they probably would have won had they had that crowd. That's one. But that's just a small thing. I think the biggest thing for Michigan State is what we all see. It's a lack of a of a point guard. You know, A.J. Hogart's trying. Foster Lawyer, he ain't the devil, folks. He's out there trying. I know people don't think he is. Everything is his fault, but it's not his fault. His team doesn't have a point guard. A lot of it came with recruiting misses. Uh, Kareem Manet, kid out of Canada, was supposed to come to Michigan State, but he decided to throw his name to the NBA draft. Nobody's heard from him since. I don't even know if he's in the G League 
I don't know what he did, but it was his choice. He would have been a 6'5 point guard coming into MSU. That would have helped them out. Plus, you're missing, you know, a, a real dominant big man down low. It, it's it's like in football when they say if you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. When you got mm. four big men, you really don't have any big men because you got to pick and choose who's good today, who's mm. good this half, who's good for the next five minutes. And Izzo is constantly bringing them in and out. Is it Bingham? Is it Kithier? You know, is it Marble? Is it Sissoko? Like, who's going to be the guy for the next five minutes until the next time out? So many uncertainties. This team, they needed they needed the summer. They needed to work together, and you couldn't this summer due to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. They're going to be one of the casualties. I, I, and I think that, you know, you gotta kind of have to take it as a one-off type of thing. That I don't see this happening again. I look at what they're bringing in in the future. They're going to handle that whole ball handling type of situation. But right now, I, I hate to say it, no one – you don't have an all Big Ten player, all Big Ten player on this team. You thought it was going to be Aaron Henry, possibly Josh Lankford or Joey Hauser, but they've been inconsistent. When they do the all Big Ten voting, you know, maybe Henry makes honorable mention, but that's about it. Everybody else is just kind of settled into, you know, a role, but it's not really the role they should be playing. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, like when you see Joey Hauser out there. Joey's a, a spot-up shooter, but now he's right. also a spot-up shooter slash point guard. When you see Aaron Henry, at the end of a shot clock, he's Aaron Henry slasher slash point guard. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. putting slash point guard on there, and they're not. And that's why you're seeing late in games, it was that calming effect that Cash has had. It's that calming effect that other point guards would do, whether it was Travis Trice, whether it was Keith Appling, whether it was Kalen Lucas, you know, they were able to get the team to where they needed them to go. Denzel Valentine. Okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. We got this thing. Okay, relax. We're going to draw up a winning play. We're going to get this thing to work. You don't have that. That's why you see turnovers. I mean, I, I felt bad for Joey Hauser against Purdue because, you know, the ball shouldn't be in Joey Hauser's hands that late no in the game. He, no he, he's not a facilitator. That's not what you brought him to MSU to do. You're missing that point guard. A.J. Hogart has had the opportunity, but I don't think he's taken that mantle and really ran with it and claimed the job so much so that when Jay Nakins comes in next year, he's going to be like, hey, June, hey, freshman, you sit in the bench. This is still my show. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. As a matter of fact, he left the door wide open so that when Jay Nakins comes in, the point guard that Michigan State has in, in 2021 class, I, I think he starts maybe not from day one, mm-hmm. but probably from uh, day three. Yeah, one thing that you mentioned, uh, one of the things that you mentioned, I got a couple of them here. One of the things that you mentioned was uh, about what we've been seeing or the lack thereof from some of these blue blood programs, the Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA, North Carolina, and so forth. Just a very unprecedented year. Uh, And, you know, I tell people all the time, especially here in Atlanta, where I'm based out of, just imagine it like this for those of you who love the gridiron and the pigskin so much. Imagine a year where you're looking at potentially a no football college football playoff uh, <laughs> with 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 without Alabama, uh, Ohio State, uh, uh, Oklahoma, LSU, Georgia, yeah. Clemson, all of these different teams. Something real crazy. Now, let, I want to adjust one of the things that you said as well as far as the point guard position. 
Talk me off the ledge a little bit. And I understand maybe it's not his fault or this, that, and the other, but this is a particular point guard that had two years to sit under the tutelage of an All-American. You come in as a junior now. You're an upperclassman. You get your spot taken by a freshman. The last four games, I think Foster Lawyer, Lawyer has gone scoreless. I mean, in the last, what, five games or so, he's had six points, and all six of those came from the free throw line. I can do that. Like how much of this between what I just mentioned about foster lawyer and the fall or pointing the finger at Tom Izzo for some of the recruiting of some of these guys, because if I'm just being honest, I'm not, if I'm in the warm up line and I'm in the, the, the opposition pregame before the game and I'm mm -hmm. seeing the starting lineup, ideally being, you know, uh, Thomas Kithier, uh, a, a foster lawyer and, uh, and Joey Hauser, I'm not particularly rattled or shaken by these guys. How much of that issue is for the recruiting and why has there been a recruiting issue uh, for this particular class? I mean, I think with Foster Lawyer, uh, he committed as a sophomore. I, I, in my opinion, I think Izzo thought that he was going to continue to grow. Like his brother, uh, I, think his, I think his name is Caleb Lawyer, or his brother's going to Purdue next year. Mm -hmm. His brother's 6'4". There's a big difference between five ten and six four. Short end of the state. Yeah, his brother grew. It looks yeah. like brother took after dad. <laughs> I think they expected Foster to grow, but yeah. he didn't. You know, it's one of the disadvantages of taking somebody and taking their commitment so early in the in the process. People are like, oh, you know, he's Mister Basketball. He's this, and I think the expectations were high. Foster mm -hmm. skills are limited. OK, mm -hmm. they are. And no matter how much the fans wish that he could be Cassius, wish mm -hmm. he could be Mateen, mm -hmm. he's Foster. And mm -hmm. that's just it. And I think Foster's come to grips with that. Similar to Tum Tum Naren. Tum Tum realized I'm never going to average 20 points a game, mm -hmm. but I could do other things. Mm -hmm. And people got frustrated with Tum Tum. Oh, mm -hmm. why is he on the court? It's five on four basketball. Fans have unrealistic expectations of these players. They think everybody's going to be that Kentucky one-and-done type of player. Foster's not. Foster's a facilitator. <clears throat> and if you truly look at it, he has gotten better. It's just not quantified the way that people wanted him to get better. He's never going to the NBA. Let's just call it what it is. I don't mean to put limitations on the man, but he's mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. But when you look at Foster Lawyer, I like to say <clears throat> he's that six-and-a-half out of ten. He's the consistency. He's, you know, he's like going to McDonald's. Yeah, ain't the greatest meal, but you know what you get when you go into McDonald's. When yeah. Foster's on the court, you know what you're going to get. And like it or not, Spartan fans, he's been the debilitating force when he's out on the court. Now, lately he hasn't played. He popped that shoulder out a couple games ago, and I don't think he's completely healed. But when Foster's on the court, they can at least try to run some semblance of an offense. He's out there trying to get everybody else involved. His game is not to take the game over. And if you're expecting to see Dame Lillard, then I don't know where you're being because that's not him. But unfortunately, that's what people want. You don't have that point guard there. A.J. Hogart can't do that. Mm -hmm. You just don't have it. And that's what's missing. Cassius Winston. <laughs> right now he was a blessed last year he was a blessing this year he's a curse Cassius made it look so easy 
Deshaun, you know what it's like when 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 somebody makes something look so easy, everybody thinks they can do it. <laughs> yep. but you didn't realize all the hard work, and then you appreciate them a lot more mm-hmm. after they're gone. Yep. And I think we're seeing that about Cassius. Cassius, I mean, I used to tease them all the time. I'm like, dude, you're going to be the greatest player when it comes to the YMCA Sunday Night Rec League because that's <laughs> your game. You you got that deceptive strength and deceptive quickness, and you could just throw the ball. And it looked like he would just throw the ball and it would fall in. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Cassius in the gym kind of like Steph Curry. He practices those shots. Mm-hmm. He do, all those crazy things that you would see him do, he's practicing over and over and over again. And it makes it seem like, you know, yeah, he doesn't know. He's just throwing stuff at the basket. No, it's Steph Curry shooting 45-foot jumpers. Why? Mm-hmm. If you do it over and over again, you get the muscle memory. You don't have that type of point guard. You don't have that type of leadership. That's not Foster. Foster's game has grown, but it hasn't grown to the point where he should have taken over the team. Sitting behind – you look, man, I could sit in my garage all day. It doesn't turn me into a car. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. Sit behind caches doesn't mean you're gonna turn into cash. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No. I tell you what. Speaking of that, McDonald's man, I got a little bit of a gripe with those guys over there. Every time I'm coming up through the drive-through and I finally get my food, it don't never look the way that it look on the commercials. Those are my expectations. Uh, Rico Beard in the locker room with us, man. Episode sixty, host of the Valenti Show <laughs> with Rico on ninety-seven point one. The ticket up in the D. It's only one D, damn. Forget about that Dallas stuff. It's only no. one D, and that's the D, Detroit, Michigan. Find them on Twitter at Rico Beard. Find them arguing on Twitter. Uh, with a lot of those major blue argument. fans who are who no, are ba- no, basking, no, no, no. <laughs> basking in their glory. Speaking of McDonald's, it's funny because I've gotten into it many a time with a McDonald's manager. That's, that's it's the reason. <laughs> Here's a little known quirk about me: I don't advertise do drive through. I don't do drive through at any restaurant. I go in. I go in because if my food does not look the way it is, or you shortchange me some fries, hey, I need you to come over here for a minute. <laughs> And I always say, like, well, sir, that's just how it's supposed to be. I'm like, okay, do me a favor. Look up at that picture. Look yeah. at this. Look yeah. at that. Look at this. There you go. What's different? I want yeah. my – I ordered that. You gave yeah. me this. So either yeah. give me back part of my money or make hey. it look like this. Hey, I, I'm but glad they- to know that I'm not the only person that's like that because I have to tell them when I go up through there, hey, look, listen, I want my fries fresh and yep. I want them hot. Okay, listen, if I have to wait eight minutes for you to drop me a fresh one, I'll wait. And I'm not going to starve to death. Eight more minutes ain't going to hurt me none. Uh, Enough about the McDonald's. Enough about. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. I'm I'm out. I'm out, man. The McDonald's are open. Hopefully the manager's gone. Wanted to sit there and argue with me while I weigh these things. And, you know, it's only a certain weight. And I. that's all. I'm like, dude, you about to lose a customer. Because yeah. telling me you can't give me more fries to make this look like that. Is it really worth that? Yeah. Okay. All right. This is what you'll be doing for the rest of your life. <laughs> no, not to disparage people who work at McDonald's, but sure. that loser, sure. this is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. All right. I'm I- done. I am mad at it, man. My dude, Rico Beard, I told you this one right here was going to be a good one. I definitely want to talk about the fan base a little bit and some of their expectations uh, on a season like this. First, I want to get through, show my boy Sean Taylor a little bit of love, saying can we talk about why Izzo is giving certain players a little bit more rope to fail than others. I'm not sure if he's giving them rope to fail necessarily, but I do feel like he's kind of giving certain players maybe a little bit more rope than some others. Uh, but before, uh, we're definitely going to get into that piece. Uh, but, uh, 
you talked a little bit about the fan base. Now, something that I particularly felt that uh, from a fan base standpoint that I thought was happening coming into the season was that people was kind of looking forward to next year, year after recruiting classes and so forth before this year. And people just automatically just trying to chalk it up as an L or whatever, what have you. And a lot of times, as you know, a lot of Spartan fans tend to get spoiled, assuming when March rolls around, we're going to demand all the attention. Nobody wants to play Michigan State in March and so forth. Kind of taking that for granted or whatever, even going as far as saying, I'm not sure if you've seen this, Mateen Cleaves put something out uh, on yesterday. About how Spartan fans just kind of need to, you know, keep it together, whatever, and maybe having a down year, whatever the case Matt, is. But Izzo in the same token, staying over, strong through it. Deshaun, is I didn't mean to cut you off, but Izzo said over no and over again, and we used to always laugh at him. He's like, guys, you act like the NCAA tournament in the Final Four is on the schedule. It's mm-hmm. not on the schedule. You got to earn it. Yeah, Tom. Ha 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 ha. You know, uh, January, February, Izzo. Yeah, Tom yeah. will find a way. Well, this year we find out, you know what? He's been telling us for decades. Guys, mm-hmm. one day it's not going to happen. That mm-hmm. day is here. Mm-hmm. Fans expect – a caller had to really bring me – I had to come to Jesus moment with a caller, but he was like, Rico, never forget, fan is short for fanatic. Mm-hmm. You can't argue with a fanatic because in their mind, their way is right and they're willing to die for it. You've mm-hmm. seen it over and over again. Hey, you mm-hmm. saw a bunch of fanatics storm the Capitol because they <laughs> believed their way was right. Yeah. So to tell some fans, well, Michigan State's supposed to always win. They're supposed to always go to the tournament. I've heard, I've heard some lunacy, and I'm so glad that Mateen came out and said this. Mm-hmm. Tom Mizzo, the game has passed him by. What? He's. A, I, I literally got into an argument with a frat brother of mine telling me that the game's passed him by. He needs to step down. And we, we're just like Michigan because we're living in the past. I'm like, you mean the past that's less than 365 days ago? Yeah. It hasn't been a full year, and they were one of the favorites to win the title. They've mm-hmm. won three back to back, three titles, Big Ten titles in a row, mm-hmm. a Big Ten tournament championship. They beat the, the Zion-led Duke team. We're going to the Final Four. You mean, and, and Cassius Winston's knees was basically bone on bone at the yep. end of that tournament. Yep. So, so the mm-hmm. offense that worked for the past three years all of a sudden doesn't work now. This Hall of Fame coach got stupid. I'm like, dude, it's the players. He doesn't have the players. Popovich can come and draw up plays. If you don't have the players, put the ball in the hoop. Mm-hmm. Like, you do realize the opponents that they play, they don't play the Washington Generals. They're out <laughs> there on scholarship, too. They're trying mm-hmm. to play, and they mm-hmm. figured Michigan State out. Pack in the you, – you basically – you pack in the paint and make them shoot jumpers. And mm. that's the formula to beat Michigan State because they mm. can't hit consistent jumpers. But the other teams are trying to win, too. And let's face it, put it this way. It, it, it's it is like, the Big Ten after all, too. Right. People, well, but Yeah, but he's lost. Man, he hasn't lost it. He just doesn't have the players. And whether it's through recruiting misses of his own, lack of development, this year became the perfect storm with COVID. They can't work out in the summer. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing is, when you say this stuff, people are like, oh, well, you're just giving excuses. There's excuses and there's facts. 
But what's the difference, though, real quick, Rico? And I mean to cut you off, but what's the difference? Because there's COVID in Spokane, Washington. There's COVID in Waco, Texas, and there's COVID right up the road in Ann Arbor. And they've all been affected by it, too. So what's the difference for Sparty or some of these other programs? I mean, it's. I think the difference is just it's the same thing of I, I, I don't want to trivialize it, but it's almost like you and I going through proper protocol and you get COVID and I don't. It affected you. It affect, We went to the same places. We went to the same spots. We went to the same McDonald's. Mm-hmm. But you got affected. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of how it's happened. It's not to take away from because, look, the, the Villanovas and the Michigans and the Gonzagas and the Baylors, man, they don't want to hear that right now. They're not mm-hmm. trying to hear, oh, COVID, and this year doesn't count. But for MSU, it was just a downward spiral. They were never the same after they lost to Wisconsin on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. That game, they had it and they lost it and they've never bounced back since. It's not to, I'm not saying COVID is an excuse, but what I'm saying is this team needed to be together this past summer. They mm-hmm. needed to do all of that stuff. They needed the extra practices while the NCAA was trying to figure out what was going on. And a lot of these other teams, man, they're, they're good because they have veteran leadership. You look mm-hmm. at Michigan. Michigan has some veteran leadership. Heck, they brought in two uh, grad transfer point guards. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a difference between sophomore and senior year. You learn a lot in those two years. Mm-hmm. So for MSU, man, look, a lot of this does fall on Tom. Tom, yeah. Tom's still searching to find a lineup, man. We're, yeah. we're almost done with February, and he still doesn't have a lineup. But see, a that was my that was my next question to you. And I know that we definitely got to get ready to wrap it up here within the next five minutes. And I don't want to cut you short by no means. And my apologies. This guy has a dentist. Appoint- this boy trying to keep the pearly whites got a dentist appointment coming up. You talked about the rotation. The rotation has the only thing that's been consistent about the rotation is that it's been consistently inconsistent. If it were if it were Rico Beard, what would this starting five look like if you were Tom Izzo and you were in that seat based on what you've seen from Michigan State all season long in 19 games who would be the starting five that you're rolling out there because they deserve it or for whatever reason that you believe that that works out the best Sean here's my starting five and this is the this is one of the reasons why Michigan State is struggling there is no starting five Mm. it's based on the team it's based on the situation it's based on who you're playing if Mm. you're playing Iowa Maybe I throw Gabe Brown in the starting five. If mm-hmm. I'm playing Illinois, maybe I got to now throw uh, Marble or Sissoko in there to counterbalance what they're doing. You're mm-hmm. kind of you're playing chess right now. It used to be, look, one of the beauties of certain teams is this is our starting five. It's up to you to figure it out. That used to be Michigan State. You mm-hmm. figure out how to do this. Now Michigan State is playing the role mm-hmm. of the Northwestern. Okay, scratching their head. Okay, how do we balance this out with this and this and this? They don't have anybody that can sit. I guess Aaron Henry is probably the only one that I say starts. Mm. That's just it. Langford goes up and down. Now, Hauser goes up and down. (laughs) Point guard, don't know. Big man, don't know. You don't have that force that... It it used to be the Izzo, four of the five was already in. He could pencil in. And then the fifth guy was situational. Okay, Mm -hmm. we played a bunch of bigs. I'm going to throw an extra big man in there. Okay, we played a quick team in Illinois. I'm going to throw an extra wing in out there. Mm -hmm. 
you got one player and then you got four guys who basically sitting there and it's like he's throwing darts at a dartboard. <laughs> to answer the other question that the guy asked, I think when he says, well, why does Izzo give certain players more rope than others? Mm-hmm. I think that's a matter of perception because every player pretty much gets the hook. Aaron Henry is probably the only one that stays out there. Now, the other big man, I, I think we, we, we become, you know, we start liking one over another and we feel like, well, he's not being, uh, he's been unfair to Bingham. Mm-hmm. You don't look at it objectively. You, know, you look mm-hmm. at the Purdue game. People are like, well, Bingham need to play more. No, he didn't. Did you see? I mean, he ran out there and basically got picked up a foul on the yeah. opening tip. He couldn't stop Travion Williams. And it looked like this was going to be an all day thing. So mm-hmm. I got to change and I got to switch over. So if you're in the Bingham camp, Oh, well, look how he treats Bingham. Foster Lawyer gets on the court. If you actually look at the minutes that Lawyer logs, it's not a ton of minutes. But mm-hmm. the second him and Kithier get out there, oh, my God. <laughs> what are we doing here? They shouldn't be out here. Get these Clarkston boys off the court. Mm-hmm. It's fans. You're not looking at it objectively. I think he pulls everybody. Aaron Henry is probably – Aaron Henry and Lankford are probably the two and they both earned it that he has the most leeway with. But everybody else, Rocket, man, Rocket's, we even talked about Rocket. Rocket is in his own head right now. Rocket wanted the job of Cassius. But I think Rocket realized Cassius put in so much work and so many hours of work that nobody saw. Mm-hmm. And Rocket didn't do that. Now, Rocket is thinking, I got natural God-given quickness over Cassius. I got more ability than Cassius. But Cassius put in the work. Rocket realized it's the difference between being a scorer and being a point guard facilitator. Mm-hmm. Cassius would try to get everybody in. Cassius and Mateen's game was so similar. The mm-hmm. first 30 minutes, I'm going to try and get everybody involved. The last 10 minutes, if none of you jokers is hitting shots, it's my time to shine. It's my time. Mm-hmm. Rocket, I agree with that. Rocket didn't. It, it, Rocket, I think, is best as a shooting guard. Rocket, to me, is best in that Sean Respert role, in that mm-hmm. Brent Forbes role, in that Gary Harris role, coming off of screens. That's his game. Being a point guard, it's not a slam to Rocket, but he's out of position. He didn't stay in his lane. And I think that hurt his confidence because, A, it's almost like – it's like in the Avengers when when the Hulk was like, you know, everybody lost, but I lost twice. I, mm-hmm. I lost as the Hulk, and then I lost as Banner. Sure. That's Rocket. Rocket lost as the point guard, and then he lost as the shooter. So he mm-hmm. lost twice this year, and that's really affecting him. I think next year he comes back with a real point guard. You'll see Rocket come back to where Rocket used to be. Yeah, let me, uh, you know what? And I know that we're very, very short on time. Let's do this in maybe 120 seconds. I'm going to cram three questions all into one. Okay. The first one being, uh, the the first one being over the course of the next five games. Again, remember on the road at Indiana on Saturday, a home game against Illinois, number five ranked, a home game against Ohio State, number four ranked. And then on the road to Maryland and then at home to Michigan. Right. What is the record that they finish with at the end of the season? That's question number one. Question number two, whether they play them once or whether they play them twice, do they beat Michigan this year? 
And the last part, do they make the NCAA tournament? I'm going to go with the record of those five games. You're probably. I think we broke up just a little bit. Hopefully we can get Rico to come back in. And before we close out, uh, let's get, let's see if we can maybe do this move and then maybe do this move. Maybe we can get him back in the, I'm not really sure. Um, hmm. That was weird. Yeah. He cut out for a second See, That's what happens. We were right up against it and getting ready to get to all the, the meat and the potatoes of it and so forth. This is what we'll do. This is what we'll do. Ah, Smart thinking. Great idea, Deshaun Tate. Good thinking. Good being on your toes, Deshaun Tate. This is what we'll do. We'll, 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 we'll get Rico's answers to those three questions. We'll post them on Twitter at Tate's Take Hoops. T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. You guys know already that that's where basketball lives. I'll ask Rico the questions again. I'll have him to respond back on Twitter and then we'll post it to Tate's Take Hoops where you can go and get those answers. Cause I'm curious to know if he believes that they'll beat Michigan, whether they play them once or whether they're playing twice. I'm curious to know what he thinks Michigan State's record will be over the course of closing out the final five games of the season. I'm curious to know whether he really believes or doesn't believe we're talking about a diehard Michigan state dude here. I don't want to call him a Homer. I guess that's not fair. That's probably my title, but I'm curious to know if he believes that Michigan state will make the NCAA tournament. And with that, as we get ready to close out, I want to remind everybody, please, please, please. uh, First of all, thank you for joining the show, whether you, uh, are doing it live or going to do it later on. Remember that you can subscribe anywhere that you find your favorite podcast and make sure that you go and tell a friend. Uh, and even more so uh, to make sure that you're following along on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Again, where basketball lives. And, um, uh, and remember, you can always leave up to a five-star rating uh as well on the uh on anywhere that you find your favorite podcast just go to tate's take wherever you find your favorite podcast tate's take and then click hover hover over that uh uh that search engine or the the search box the magnifying glass put in tate's take you'll find it you get up to a five-star rating also leave a review if you love the show and you're digging it be sure to do that and i think this now will be the conclusion uh, I guess, uh, fortunately, probably for some Michigan fans, but unfortunately for Michigan State fans who've been needing answers to a lot of their questions, uh, this is going to conclude episode 60. Again, want to thank my dude Rico Beer for coming on, man. 97.1 The Ticket in Detroit. Make sure that you uh, give him a follow at Rico Beard, at Rico Beard. I believe that show is from 2 p until 6 p, I want to say, Eastern Standard Time. And make sure that you be on the lookout for some of those questions that I ask. Uh, make sure that you be on the lookout for some of those answers because I'm really intrigued to know what he's going to say. Uh, next show is going to be coming up sometime later on this week. So make sure that you keep your eyes and your ears open for that as well. Until next time, we'll see you then.